Hey, y'all, welcome back. This is episode 20 of Rose 1 through 10. We uh, It should be a hell of an episode this week. Uh, back, as always, with Travis. Uh, he's fresh off his trip to Talladega, and he's here to tell us about, about that. Um, while he was down in Talladega over the weekend, I was in Bristol. So uh, if you followed us on Twitter, which you should, and now Instagram, um, we're a little late putting out the Instagram stuff, but... We'll always get it on there. Um, yeah, f- give us a give us a follow on those socials. But uh, Travis, how was your weekend, bud? Well, uh, it was awesome. And I don't know about you, but I am still nice and uh, baked from the sun right now. Got a nice little burn on the back of my neck that's been bugging me all week. But Dago will do that to you. Like you mentioned, it's kind of anything in like the early spring when you don't have that base tan yet. That first That first burn of the year is always – always pretty solid yeah usually when we hit spring day it's always get get burned up to a crisp and then after that it's like oh we're it's not too bad and when we go to charlotte i'm already got a nice base tan and don't get too burnt up and on there i don't um, know what the weather was like in bristol i don't know no, if you gotta... it was honestly a stark contrast um it was like we were on polar opposites it was cold windy and overcast just about all weekend until sunday afternoon um so kind of polar opposites there yeah, it was pretty damn hot on Sunday. Yeah, it got warm on Sunday in the grandstands there at Bristol. Um, but what do y'all say we get into this thing? Um, I I was out left last week after the podcast that we got out Wednesday. Um, headed down to Bristol. They had a Outlaws had a practice night Thursday night. Um, everything went to plan there. They ran basically just like uh, hot lap sessions. Each driver got four hot lap sessions throughout the night. Um, and they broke it up where the outlaws would go, then the big block mods would go, then another group of outlaws, modifieds, and that, so on and so forth. Um, so they had four rounds of that. So it was cool to see that. Just We went in there and hung out for a little bit, drank some beers, watching the cars go around the track, uh, got all my merchandise, got some T-shirts, which was always fun. Um, picked up Travis some T-shirts that he was wanting. Um Oh, yeah. And then, then Friday, we pretty much had all day to hang out. Um, I guess Thursday night, we uh, I should say we found some banners in in the creek, if you know what I'm saying. Um, we were able to pick those up and take them home with us. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then Friday, we woke up. I said overcast and cold all day, windy, but uh, no rain. And we were able to get some racing in Friday night, and we saw saw the action. Um with David Gravel just putting on an absolute show, just smoked the boys on Friday. Were you able to watch Friday's show? I was. I was. Okay, yes. Yeah. David David Gravel just smoked them. He went out in uh, qualifying, set a new track record. Um, I don't have that time handy with me, but it was about 138 miles an hour, I want to say, give or take. So well, uh, I wanted to say right off the top, just I picked David Gravel on Friday night, and I was pissed because I honestly thought about picking him to sweep the weekend. I was like, should I go bold here and pick a sweep? And I really, I really, like, I'm not even just saying that after the fact. I really thought about picking the sweep for the weekend, and I would have looked like a genius if I did. Yeah, I mean, Friday night you certainly looked like a genius because, I mean, it was the David Gravel show, if you ask me. Um, like I said, he won everything from qualifying to his heat race to the dash, led every lap in the feature. Um really had no competition other than Aaron Reitzel. Aaron Reitzel was really working his way up through the field and got us all the way up to second. 
and was damn near side by side with gravel. Um, and then we got a caution there with about 12, 12 or 13 laps to go or give or take. Um, and after that, once David gravel got back out in clean air and didn't have to work lap traffic Aaron Reisel just, uh, faded back, wasn't able to keep up with him. Yeah. If, if that race went green, I think Aaron Reisel might've won that race. He was definitely hauling the mail there at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, it's disappointing to see that he didn't have anything for him there at the end, but it was still a good race overall. Um, I said I thought thought he was going to either pass him. I think if it would have stayed green, you would have saw Aaron Wright would just drive right by him on the outside. He was just hauling the mail. And we can't forget to mention Kyle Larson put on absolute show on Friday night. Well, yeah, sixteenth to fifth, sure. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, sixth. Uh, Finished sixth. Sixth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He. Uh, but yeah, he was he he drove his ass off. He definitely put on a show. Also, another late charger who finished on the podium, uh, Carson Macedo. He's kind of a was a surprise finish. I mean, at the forty one team, they run well on the big tracks, so not really a surprise there. But just good to see Carson Macedo running really well. Um, and also Sam Hayferty Jr. with the top five. Um, and you, you we talked about Saturday got rained out, obviously. Um, and we raced Sunday, but Sam Haverty Jr. on Sunday um, set quick time with a new track record again from beating Gravel's time. And that was a 13.326, I believe, at 142 miles an hour. Um, so that is just hauling the mail around Bristol. I mean, to compare that, uh, the NASCAR side, they averaged 90 miles an hour around Bristol. So mm. pretty wild to see that. Yeah, I mean those uh those speeds there are pretty crazy and it's pretty fun stuff. I you know, Saturday night at the short track I got to ask Kyle Larson about it and I asked him and like uh, as soon as I asked him about it, he had a big smile on his face and he said, Oh, it was fun. Oh like, yeah, I bet I mean you know, like he uh yeah, he was he was a big fan of it and it was cool to be able to ask him about it and get, you know, kind of an unfiltered driver take about it and yeah, Kyle Larson was really happy with how it was down there. Yeah, I'm sure he had a grin ear to ear, probably. He was definitely a fan. And I was, <laughs> you know, uh, what was kind of the fan, uh, the pulse of the fans all weekend were the fans uh, loving it, you know, what was, uh, yeah, I mean, what was the crowd like? The racing wasn't great. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with the track surface wasn't great. I mean, it also is a lot of banking and a lot of speed. I think the drivers probably were a little, a little bit more hesitant to make aggressive moves, you know, versus a small bull ring. And we and we talked about that on Sunday. We had a little phone conversation. I mean, did you? Uh, did I mean? I don't know what you thought. I know what I thought. I don't know what other people thought. But I mean, I I didn't. I wasn't going into that weekend expecting those races in Bristol to be like side-by-side beating and banging competitive races or, you know, or, you know, I was more, I was kind of expecting them to get a little spaced out and not be the best races, but it's just more about the speeds and the spectacle like that kind of deal. And I just, I don't know what you or other people were expecting for the weekend, but I think it pretty much met expectations for me. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, it met, met, if not exceeded my expectations. Um, I was worried about track conditions going into the weekend. Just I didn't want to see tire issues like we saw down the Virginia Motor Speedway become an issue. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want any any 
funny business like that happening. I just wanted the weekend to be flawless. Uh, you you kind of think about it on the NASCAR side as well, where at least mile and a half where everybody's going the same speed and it's so fast. You just, everybody does get spaced out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, obviously you have a tra- changing track surface and it changed a lot throughout the feature, really throughout the whole day, especially with the modifies on it, it started to get rubbered up. Um, and then the track worked itself up to the top and that's what really top was the preferred groove. So it, it was kind of a typical dirt track in that sense. And like I said, it's just, it doesn't. I don't think this track lends itself to a lot of passing opportunities. Same with Williams Grove. It's a very fast track, um, tight corners, uh, and it's just it's a train race when you go there. But Bristol, I think, was more of a spectacle. You know, almost like the Winter Classic or or a Super Bowl or something like that. You know, just a once in a lifetime. Like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Um, it, it was it was really neat to see. Um, the, the cars kind of look like RC cars going around the track. I will say that. I think the stadium's just so big that the little tiny sprint car looked like a little RC car out there. Yeah, I mean, it was so cool just to watch the cars go around there. Like, it didn't even – like, it honestly – it didn't look like they were going as fast as they were. And it was just kind of like – I don't know if uh, you thought the same way about that, but, like, it didn't look like they were going as fast as they were. And I think it was just out, but they looked just so slick going around there. I don't know. You just, I, I thought it was one of the coolest things. Yeah. I, I want to go back and watch some video of it and just kind of see what it looked like from the TV perspective of things. But yeah, it was really neat seeing the sprint cars just rip around there. Um, And really, you, I mean, you kind of messaged me, I think it was like Friday night or Thursday morning. You were like, go get some content out. And Friday night, the first race, even Thursday, I was just, like, taken back by it. You know, just like, wow, this is nuts. Like, there's dirt on Bristol. we got sprint cars ripping around here doing record speeds. Um, and, and like you said, they didn't look fast. If you, like, removed yourself from, like, actually watching the car and looked at the track as an overview and thought about it versus a NASCAR, they were absolutely ripping. So it was—it's a weird perspective. I think the stadium just is so big. Now, uh, do you think it's something with uh, NASCAR going back on the dirt next year? Do you think they're going to bring end up bringing the Outlaws back there? Yeah, I hundred percent believe that. And I mean, you can kind of already say that it's confirmed um, when they announced uh, that NASCAR was going back during that race. Um, the Outlaws like commented, it was like. Outlaws confirmed for 2022, and then Bristol replied back to them and was like confirmed. So it's pretty much set in stone without actually being set in stone. If that makes sense, I'm I'm 100 counting on going next year. No, I think that's freaking awesome. And uh, you know, even next year they probably get some more people in there next year. I don't know what the what was the what was the crowd like there? Is it pretty packed or? It was really – well, that's the thing. You talked about – I guess we talked about it last week with Ben, and he was talking about how subdued it was with NASCAR. Um, and I guess sprint car racing is such a niche market that, man, it was like nobody there. It was crazy. Like none of the campgrounds – like the campground we camped in, All-American campground there with the shower house and all. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? You know how we were like – if you're looking at the racetrack and the shower house, we were to the right of the shower house. When we camped yeah, there in the yeah, fall. Yeah, I remember. So 
like they didn't have anybody camping on the right side of the shower house. And like there was only like maybe a dozen to 20 campsites in the whole campground. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very, very subdued. It was weird, man. Uh, they only had tickets, I think, sold on the front stretch and the back stretch. Um, and this, yeah, it was very, very subdued. It was weird. That is really weird. I mean, do you think it maybe was weather concerns? Do you think it was COVID uh, capacity deal or like? No, I don't like, even think do any think- of that. I think it was just people. It's such it's such a niche market, and you're used to seeing these fans. I mean, there was probably. 30 40,000 people there, right? And obviously it doesn't look like a lot in the big stadium, but when you go to these local short tracks, that's like packed. I'm curious yeah, to know you, what so you what said 30 40,000 people at Bristol. That's what I would guess maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like cuz I mean, I think they said the attendance there for the NASCAR race was like 40,000. Okay. I don't know. I just I, I in the fall of last year, it was a lot more people. I know that. So it was less people than were at the fall race uh, for NASCAR. Fall NASCAR right? race, yes. Okay. Okay. Like a lot less people. Gotcha. So it's probably oh. less than 40,000. That was, yeah, that's yeah. Why you I mean, threw me off there. Yeah. It, it was last fall, it was 30,000. Okay. Yeah. So maybe even like 10 to 20 then. Yeah, that's uh, based off what you're describing. That's probably more like it. Yeah, it was certainly strange. Um, it wasn't the atmosphere. I also I was feel expecting. like going up against Talladega didn't help them the same weekend because they're probably. I mean, I'm just one example of somebody like. Oh yeah, you're I'm drawing like, from the the two crowds. You know, the big NASCAR crowd in that area. That it's only a hop, skip, and a jump really to Talladega from Bristol. I mean, what? Yeah, maybe maybe another five hours. Yeah. So and, if and you're things, like, it, I think there's just a lot of people who, if they're going to go to a race that weekend, there a lot of people pick Talladega. Obviously, yeah. for me, like I'm closer to Talladega anyway, so that was that. Like it's twice as long a drive to Bristol as it is Talladega for me. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I curious to see if they would attract more fans if it was in the summertime. Because I think, if I recall, that the uh, when they did it back in 2000 and 2001, they uh, it was like a summer race, like a July or June race. So I was curious if they were to get better crowd if they did that. Yeah, I mean, I think they would. And I think it's a similar argument to the one I made and we had about the NASCAR race there is I just think in general – there's so much concern with the weather in that area that time of year that people just don't want to plan trips there. But I feel like the weather there, it's just, it just rains a lot less that time of year in the summer. So, you know, I feel like if they just really had a lot of the dirt program in June, July, it'd be a lot better. And obviously the issue with that, I don't know, like how long is it supposed to take to get the dirt off of the track? Six weeks. Six weeks. Full okay. clean up six weeks from what so, I'm, okay. I'm told. So, so if, you know, if they did the dirt track in July, they could still get the track cleaned off in time for the, Yeah, or for even the early June. Yeah. Just to make sure you're good, you know what I mean? Because, I, 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 you know, what I told you is I think it should be 
for for NASCAR at least it should be July fourth, and that should be the new July fourth tradition, Bristol dirt. But see, I don't think you have enough time then to clean it. You got about two and a half months because that. Yeah, race I guess is they that. moved they moved the race back. You're right to September. yeah, it's in September. So yeah, you could you could definitely work it out to to make something like that work. But I just feel like in general with Bristol and whether it's Outlaws or NASCAR in general, like moving uh. Definitely moving the race to the summer or like June, July, just anything but April where the weather's just known to be so bad that time of year. Because, you know, like another example, we saw exactly what happened the NASCAR weekend. And how many people do you think saw the NASCAR weekend there and as a result got scared and decided not to go? Got scared of what? Like, they're like, oh, no, like this, all the parking lots and campgrounds flooding. And they're like, oh, no, well, if we go to the sprint car. Race, yeah, it could be, be that. Like, that's a good point. So just just one small thing to uh, improve in, in general. But other than that, I mean, do you want to talk about the actual races themselves? Saturday or Sunday's race, I guess, what you thought of racing during yeah, the Yeah, Sunday, um, like you said, you, you wanted to pick gravel to sweep the weekend. But you you would have been wrong Sunday, and I was hoping you would have been wrong Sunday. Um, it was looking like it was going to be Logan Schuhart's day. Um, he came out and dominated, won his heat. Um, I believe one, uh, I think he finished second in the dash. I'd have to go back and look, but either way, started up front and on the opening lap, just went out and uh, took the lead, um, and led all but the last lap where. They had some motor issues coming off of turn two and got past, and then oh. it, and it ended up bringing out a caution. And Mister David Gravel was sitting in second place there, just waiting for something to happen. Oh. Did uh, man, I'm sure. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I'm sure David Gravel made a lot of fans that week, and I'm sure they were slinging a lot of t-shirts out of his trailer. Yeah, I definitely thought about buying one, but I had already bought enough merch. Um. Maybe maybe we'll get one at a uh, at a later Outlaws date. I think I might try to go to the Outlaws here in about two weeks up at Williams Grove. So, okay, okay. More, more more opportunities to buy T-shirts. But I yeah, I'm just sure in general that they were definitely slinging merch at his uh his uh his truck this weekend because he he put on a show and I'm sure he made a lot of fans because that's gonna be a race that that's definitely marked in the history books for a while. And, that's going to be the weekend of David Gravel. Yeah, I mean, he added his name to a, a star-studded list of drivers to win two races at Bristol in the, I guess, what, six races that we've had there. Um, Sammy Swindell is one of those, and I believe Donnie Schatz is the other. Yep, I, I believe Donnie has won a couple. I was reading about that last week. So, yeah. Um, that how, about two- that, how about that Jack Hodden shield? Oh man, that was cool. They did that Thursday, like Thursday afternoon, and uh, yeah, Jack had no idea about the paint scheme. They just loaded the truck up, and he saw the car when they rolled out. So that was oh, really that cool, was to so cool. It's and cool to see. Cool to see that car all season. Yep, yep. And I see they got t-shirts of that. I might have to go snag one of those up. Yeah, definitely. Next time, uh, next time you're at a racetrack, I guess you're gonna be wanting one of those. From what I'm, I think I understand it might be pre-orders only. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it even make it more special that 
you know, it's a one-off and you can only pre-order it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That definitely uh, makes it, uh, if you want one of those, I guess you're going to have to move on it pretty quick. Well, yeah, like, like you said, the racing wasn't great at Bristol, but man, it was a good time. Um, we we got into some shenanigans over the weekend, as always, when we get to the racetrack. Um, Thursday night, we were walking around the property, went down to the drag strip, walked around that a little bit, and then were able to get into the track, the dirt track there, and walked around that a little bit. Not on the track, but just in the stands. Um, we didn't hop any fences or anything, all open gates, so... Um, yeah, and then I guess you could say we had a good time Friday night at the races when I didn't wake up till dang 2 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday. Um, did you just wake up to like pouring rain in the tent? Like, well, yeah, I, it started raining er- earlier in the day, obviously, and I heard that. So I was like, well, there's no point in really getting up right now. It's like it was like 11 o'clock, you know, I was like, all right, I'll sleep for another hour. Ended up sleeping for another two hours. Or I don't know how you sleep that long. Three hours, tent. actually. Like, I mean, I like, I just like I can sleep in the tent, but I can't sleep that long. I mean, I was up at seven thirty a.m. on Sunday, and yeah, but it was also hot there. Well, I was cold in the morning. It was cold in the morning, still. Like, gotcha. And then, uh, uh, like, it just got hot throughout the day. But I was pretty cold in the morning when I woke up. I just can't sleep. I, I I was up and I was up like I was cold Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I almost assumed it was warmer in my sleeping bag than it was outside, so I just stayed in the tent. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I just I put my stuff in the tent when we unloaded, and then it rained during the extended race, and I got back and all my stuff was soaked. Oof, so no good. I should have just left it in the car, but I definitely made a rookie mistake there. Yeah. You always live. You always learn something when you go to these races. Yeah, how to yeah, camp for, and how to how to improve. For sure, definitely know the same mistakes to not make in uh, D Town in a couple weeks. Exactly. Speaking of which, you going up Friday night or? Yeah, I gotta gotta get with Kevin, and I believe I'm gonna try to get out of here Friday night. Awesome. Yeah, that's the same thing I was thinking because of that early. Experience. If not, I mean, it, I mean, it was like a 1 p.m. Xfinity start, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. The so thing it's I not remember. terrible, but. It would definitely be an early morning. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an early morning. I'd rather just stay there Friday night. But, yeah, we can get into the NASCAR side of things. Oh, well, it was a weekend. I'll tell you, like, honestly, the original plan was to go up Friday night, look at the forecast. I said, no, it's going to rain, get other stuff Friday night, and then saw Mortal Kombat. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, woke up, I was talking to the guy and I told him, I was just like, be flexible. The guy I went with, I was like, be flexible. You know, I'm going to wake up, see what the weather is and we'll decide to go. But I honestly was, I was like, there's a low chance they're going to get these races in. We'll just day trip Sunday. That was the plan. And then woke up for uh, Saturday. It was raining, but I was optimistic. I looked at things. I was optimistic. That that the way the forecast looked, it looked like there's a hole. It looked like most of the hard stuff was already moved out. It was pissing here, not far from Talladega. But uh, decided to go. The guy who was going with me was thought I was an idiot at first, and we kind of I was like I kind of had to talk him into it. I was like, you know, let's go, man. 
So, you know, we waited. I think we left here at probably 11, and we missed the ARCA race and all that because we waited too long because I just tried to wait as long as possible. But What time did the ARCA race start? The ARCA race started at 1. Okay. Or 12, 12 or 1. What? How long of a trip is it for you guys? Like three and a half hours. Okay, it's not terrible. No, not at all. But, yeah, I got there, like, I think we got to camp, like, we were like 10 minutes from, I had it set for the track and we were like 10 minutes from the track. And then when we were 10 minutes from the track, I looked on Twitter and saw 20 to go in the ARCA race. And I was just like, yeah, let's just go to camp. So I just set it for camp and we went there instead. And then, uh, yeah, set up camp. It was beautiful outside. It was hot outside and, you know, got to the Xfinity race, special race in and, um, Shout out to Ben for picking Jeb Burton. I was going to pick him anyway. If, yeah, Ben. Uh, ben, ben had us him. had us all beat there. Had the, had the uh, win sealed up. Um, I, I had, yeah. I had, go ahead. I, I had Jeb Burton picked. Like, like he was the guy I was going to pick, and I can't I can't believe Ben pulled that out because I didn't realize Ben watches Xfinity close enough to even know Jeb Burton was was racing full yeah, time. Yeah, I, I would have guessed but, that he would have picked Allgaier, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, that's exactly who I, th- I thought he was picking Allgaier or Hemrick. Like, but you know, uh, good, good, uh, good on him for that pick, and it's a pretty good Xfinity race. You know, just kind of feel like we got robbed of uh, what was going to be a fun finish because you know we just mentioned on the podcast last week, you know the caution comes out and it just like brings the rain sometimes. And that prophecy came true on Saturday because the caution came out. I can't remember exactly who or what it was for, but it came out and then under caution start the rain came and good on NASCAR for not waiting a long time to call that race. It started raining. They pulled him down pit road. And they called the race as soon as they brought him down pit road. They were just like, we're not going to have time to dry this place. Yeah. So um, I'm glad they didn't try to, to mess with it. And then that's when the severe thunderstorms came through and everything. And we were out trying to leave the track in severe thunderstorms. And that, uh, that was fun. But that's always fun in Talladega. But no, it was a uh, good, good Saturday. And then we got down to the, now this is, Maybe the MVP of the weekend is the folks at the Talladega Shore Track for because that track was an absolute mess. It was an absolute mud bog, and uh, I mean, uh, I was like, told my buddy we ate dinner, and I was like, let's swing by the short track and see if they're racing. And sure enough, we get there; it's packed. They're they're uh, running a couple cars around the track and they're over the loudspeaker practically like begging any cars uh, to come out there. They were like, Hey, you know, we're going to have to cancel heats. We got to work this track. If we don't, we're going to have to start canceling heats. If you want a chance to do your heat races, you need to come out here and help work the track. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, they spent a good, like the program was 90 minutes behind the whole night. Cause they had to spend so long working the track, but the fact they even got that program in, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly surprised. I think it was, the, uh, I think it was Saturday night. I texted you. I was like, yeah, are they running up there? Um, cause I was, I was surprised with it when I saw that they had the severe thunderstorm. I was like, Oh, well, there goes the dirt track racing. Um, but no, it looked like you had a good time up there. There's a good picture of you, Kyle Larson, in your muck boots, and that's a good reference of how muddy it was. So maybe oh, we'll, yeah. maybe we'll post that picture on one of the socials. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I walked over to Ricky Stenhouse's hauler in the pits because I wanted to buy one of his T-shirts. So went over, uh, got one of his T-shirts, and, you know, Kyle Larson's just standing in his trailer. And, like, I was just like, uh, Kyle, I was like, I was like, I hate to bother you. Can I get a Pikmin? And he's like, before I even finish, he's like, no, no, no problem, man. No problem. And like took a picture and started talking to him about Bristol and what he thought about that track and everything. But it's pretty, you know, he said that he he woke up like Saturday morning. They knew it was going to get rained out there and they just had came down to Dega. They didn't even bother hanging around there. And he went to hang out with his buddy, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., it's racing a 360, and uh, Ricky ended up winning that. Uh, he ended up sweeping the weekend at the Talladega Short Track, actually, in the 360s. He yeah. won on Friday night and Saturday. Tony Stewart left on Saturday. I guess he probably thought it was going to get rained out because Stewart left after Friday. But Stenhouse swept the weekend in the 360s. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, cool to see these NASCAR guys running the dirt stuff when they can right there, especially local to the NASCAR track for the weekend, you know? And, um, and how you felt about Alex Bowman at Richmond was how I felt about Stenhouse going into Sunday. Like, he was having a blast walking his dog around at the dirt track, slinging T-shirts, talking to Kyle Larson, having a great time, and, you know, winning races on Friday and Saturday night. And, like, exactly what you said about Alex Bowman at VMS is how I felt about Stenhouse. I was just like, he's so relaxed. He's having an awesome time, an awesome weekend. He's got momentum with these two wins, and I thought he was going to go out and win on Sunday. Yeah, I him in our pickums. So I had like third pick, and I picked him. Like, yeah, I believe he got caught up in that wreck with Joey Logano, or or maybe it was a stage two wreck. I can't remember exactly. It, yeah, I believe it was it was the one with Joey because it started with he was pushing Denny, and 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 he's the one that ended up turning. Uh, Joey on Sunday and yeah. they got him airborne. Which is a wreck. I don't really put any I don't know how you saw it. I don't put anybody at fault for how that wreck went down. I just kind of think the runs are so big in this package. And I mean you can't lift if 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 you're Danny there, if you're Ricky there, because if you lift then you get run over. So it's just kind of how this package goes. Yeah. With the, with these guys it's this package in this this format that NASCAR has with the stage racing and stuff. Like I said, they want these moments in the middle of a race where guys are racing for that stage win, those stage points, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and as much as you want to keep these cars on the ground, I mean, there's no way that you can completely keep a car on the ground, I don't think. It, and, and that's been the big topic of discussion. I've been listening to uh, Sirius XM all week, and I mean, that's been the big leading topic all week is the the safety and Joey Logano's comments after his slip, which we'll get into the race, but I guess we can kind of talk about this now and then kind of work back to the race. But, you know, we know Joey Logano had that flip and he said, you know, I, and he's pissed. He, he got wrecked and yeah, you can't blame him for being pissed, but he's like, you know, this, this is unsafe. How long are we going to keep doing this? I got a roll bar in my head. Uh, but this is, and I'm not trying to say I know more about Joey than these race cars. It's not what I'm trying to sound like here, but he blamed it on the big spoilers and we've had significantly less flips with this package and the big ass spoiler. So that, that argument just didn't really make any sense to me. I don't know what you thought, but other than, than Ryan Newman's incident and, and Joey's incident, you know, 
in the package before this one, it felt like every super speedway race, we were seeing a car go upside down. I mean, we saw Jamie McMurray bar- barrel roll in practice. We saw Chris Busher barrel roll at Talladega the one year, like, and, and how many others, like with Dan, we saw, I think Daniel Suarez, Barry rolled and barrel barrel rolled in the fall. I don't know. Like, I mean, you tell me what you think, but I just, I don't really think his argument made a lot of sense there. No, I mean, I don't, I said, I don't know exactly what he's trying to get at here, but, um, he blamed the spoilers. For well, I said, I don't know exactly how he's or how he's trying to blame it or whatever, but I said, there's no, I don't think there's any aerodynamic physical way that you can keep a car or any, any object, um, on the ground at 200 miles an hour. I mean, yeah. At, like, at some point, it's gonna get airborne. You know, what I mean, it's if you get turned right or or anything. I mean, we've seen cars get airborne for for as long as we've been racing. I mean, you can take back to Austin Dillon getting in the catch rinse, Kyle Larson getting in the catch rinse. Um, and, you, you go down the list. You were you were just rattling off the previous package. So yeah, it's like every package we've had, we've seen cars get up in the air and get into the catch fence. Um, I think it's all about trying to minimize that which i feel like this this car has done a good job of and i mean i we've we've got two more super speedway races with this package before it's a brand new one so and i don't really know what he's talking about i think it's more of the heat of the moment just like yeah yeah it's a bad wreck and and you got a roll bar smashed in but and and maybe that's one thing maybe maybe they can rework the roll bars for next time so you know, he doesn't have a roll bar in his head and a small thing like that. But And then, like, the, the line, like, how long are we going to keep doing this? And, like, I don't know, like, what exactly his intent. But the, And then this is where I get rubbed the wrong way is these drivers, like, you, we have infinite respect for these drivers. But it's also fair to say that whatever NASCAR does, we know these drivers are going to bitch about something either way. Right. So, like. If we make the cars, if we make the the racing too safe and, you know, we come up with like the uh, no bump drafting rule or or no uh, or I, I don't know, change the package. So like the 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 the, pe- the runs aren't as big and we go back to the old package where the leader just has that air bubble can block all the lines like then the drivers are going to complain that the race sucks. So. The, the drivers are going to bitch either way. Like, yeah, I mean, you might as well. I mean, I'm, and I mean, I don't know what else you want to do. Just bulldoze the banking and, you know, ruin Daytona and Talladega as we know it. Like I said, I mean, this uh, is what the media love. It's a hot take right at fresh out of you got out of the car, right out of the infield care center. So, and I'm sure they'll ask him about it in his pre-race media availabilities for Kansas. So we'll see if he, uh, his, he his, his tune will change. All. His tune will change. Yeah, I'm um, curious to see if he he'll, he'll just at least or... elaborate more. You know what I mean, like to what he's just speaking on. And obviously, I said with the roll bar coming in, caving in a little bit, NASCAR is going to go back to R and D and look at that. I mean, so it's they made made changes after Newman's incident, which this was kind of similar. The car kind of flipped and got upside down in the same way. Um, but I said it's all they're different, different hits, different aspects. Um, I said NASCAR will probably. I said they will take the car back and look at it and see what they can do better. But it's something's also changing that we're getting a brand new car after two more of these races. 
So I don't think you'll see the package change or any rules changes. Maybe no bumper locking. I, I could see that maybe becoming a rule, but, but like we've said, already people, seen that doesn't work in Xfinity. It's well, just I mean, it, it works ball. because you just penalize people. So it'll work, but uh, I, I don't want to get to that. I'd just rather these guys have some common sense and, you know, only race when they need to, which that was kind and, of and a need-to moment. Talladega, they tried it at Talladega the one year, too. And, and they said no bump drafting and pushing in the corner would be a, a park it for a lap penalty. And, and it, it, I mean, it didn't work. Like, I mean, I don't even know if they ended up calling it at all in that race. It was a freaking, and that was a, that was literally the race Ryan Newman ended up uh, barrel rolling when he was in the 39 and he ended up on his lid. If you remember that wreck mm-hmm. and, 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 and that was that exact race. So, I mean, obviously, they tried it that race, and it was a complete flop, and they, they didn't do it again. So, Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the grandstands are always full at these racetracks, because people love this racing. So I, I don't think you change anything. You said you can maybe go back and look at the car and see what you can do differently with the chassis and safety with that. But other than that, I don't think anything needs to change with the package, to be honest. Yeah, as far as the package and things that – Certainly not for two old... two more races, you know. Yeah. Like, once we get for... to this new car, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's a whole and new they... sport, essentially. And, and and part of the issue too is it sounds like I don't know, like was it door bumper clear earlier this week where where they were basically saying that the drivers with these new cars with the next gen car that they have to absorb a lot of the wreck and they're all kind of nervous and trying to put pressure on NASCAR about it. Yeah, I mean, I said that was kind of the first I had heard about that, so I'm kind of interested about it. Um, I don't, I, I'd like to know more about it. Yeah, and I mean, so just saying, like that might play a factor in this whole thing too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We'll see where it goes from here. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's and they've been talking about that has been all they've been talking about on Sirius all week. I can't believe it. It, it's been such a, a big time. We like we had these awesome races, and I can't believe that's the topic that comes out of this. Like, you know, we're not talking about Brad Keselowski or Matt Benedetto's awesome day or anything. Like, I like that has been the topic all week. I think if the twenty one would had or would have won that race, that was kind of tough to say. Uh that it would have been a different story this week. It's kind of it's kind of a just an just an okay race. I felt like. Um, Oh, it was a good it was... race. I mean, it was a good race. Don't get me wrong. The racing was good. But with Brad Keselowski, a six-time winner at Talladega, now uh, winning. So I think it was just kind of like one of those ones where it was like, okay, there's not many storylines coming out of this race except it, Joey Logano. I think that's it why it's felt... such a hot topic. Yeah. I was saying, like, the race, it kind of felt like an old-school Talladega race in a way. You know, you didn't have these giant run- – like. And you had a lot of different faces leading, too. Like, you had Benedetto lead a lot of laps and win a stage. You had Bubba Wallace win a stage. You had Ross Chastain led a bunch of laps. Eric Jones led a bunch of laps. Like, you had a lot of you had a lot of guys lead laps in that race, and that was something I thought cool. Kyle Busch led laps. Denny Hamlin led the most, led the most laps. And Denny Hamlin, absolutely. Like, I was sitting across from the infield care center, and, I mean, I watched Denny Hamlin – absolutely smoke them into the pits like <laughs> like you like that like you know what i'm talking about where you just know it's gonna be a speeding penalty as oh soon yeah as you see it. like denny hamlin i mean he was smoking them they're rolling the 100 pits, miles so. an hour 
And I don't even know if the broadcast showed maybe like one of the craziest moments of the race. And I did I didn't see anybody talking about it, which tells me the broadcast might have not even shown it. So late in the race, Kyle Bush is going for the lead. Or it was like mid race, maybe, maybe not late, whenever it was. And Kyle Bush is going for the lead. Matty D blocked Kyle Bush, shoved him below the yellow line. NASCAR didn't call didn't call that at all this race, which is surprising because they were calling that last fall. Didn't call it at all this race. Where Matty D clearly just ran Kyle Bush down into the infield. And Kyle was in like that open space leading into the pits. And I mean, Hall in the mail like wasn't slowing down at all. And he's kind of like still trying to save it at that point, too. And Kyle manages to blend back in line, probably 10th, and barely misses the commitment line, safely blends back in and just gets right back into the pack. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it was that was a KFB vintage move. Like, and I, I thought, I can't believe more people weren't talking about that. It was incredible driving. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to see the broadcast. I did go back and watch some highlights to have some notes and, and get the the main storylines, you know. Um, so I, a year and a half, you you obviously were there, so you know all, pretty much all of what happened. Um, but yeah, and, it was, I said it was he a ended good up race. finishing second that stage too is what I meant to add. So he ended up after all that he drove back up to second. Okay, but yeah, you said uh, Bubba Wallace led some laps and won a stage. He was out there making some moves, man. He was being really aggressive. Um, and I think that maybe it cost him late and not making friends all day, you know, not really hanging, hanging with anybody and leaving everybody out to dry. So it's a fine line to doing that and, and, and working those dance partners, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was kind of, but, um, but now you, you got to see a lot of different faces lead laps in that race. And then, that was that was what was cool. Like it was cool to see Eric Jones. They've kind of had a rough season in that forty three so far. He was up there leading laps late. Uh, Ross Chastain is another guy who's had a rough a rough go of it this season. He led. I think Ross led like twenty laps. Like he led a good chunk of that of the end of that, and it was near the end of the race when Ross was le- Ross was leading when the last caution, the last. I got the hiccups. Pardon me. All right, the second to last caution came out, Ross was leading. Okay, yeah, I was listening to it on the radio. Um, it was, I, I listened to about the last 20 laps on the radio, which was actually really entertaining. I hadn't listened to a race on the radio in quite some time, so that was kind of cool. Um, I was really, really hoping. Such a good job. Oh, yeah, man, they just paint the picture for you. I'm sitting there just driving up 81 from Bristol and just, just picturing it in my head, you know, and I'm sitting there just rooting Matt D on, Matt D on, Matt D, come on, Matt D. And man, he just got burned there on the last lap. He should have should have hung down with Keselowski instead of jumping up and working with Blaney. It was um, like shades of David Reagan in twenty seventeen, yeah, at Daytona, where yep. David Reagan, if he stays on the bottom, he wins that race. And he went up to block the top line and gave the win to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yep. And then Michael McDowell almost stole himself another one. Yeah, out of nowhere. Like, I felt like he was just like quietly there in the top five, and then when it counted, he and then for the money, the pay window opened, he was right there. But it was the same thing. I mean, he's so like, and that's where like people try to say this is all luck, but it's just it's just, it's just not. Like Michael McDowell is so good at, at super speedway racing. He ran in the top ten all day, and he was right there at the end and finished third. It's the same at Daytona. You're in the top ten all day, and put him like 
and people say it's luck. He put himself in position to win that race, and that's where, you know, there's just some guys who, I don't. It the race. I heard Jeff Burton say this, and he said, guys who go into this race go into super speedway races with the mindset of, oh, this is just all luck. He said, those aren't the guys who win the super speedway races. He said, the guys who win all these super speedway races are guys who put emphasis on these races and make it a big part of their program. And that's what Jeff Burton said. He said, we, I didn't, I wasn't a guy who put an emphasis on super speedway racing and we didn't as a team at any point in my career. And looking back at it, I regret that. And if I had a better mindset, I probably could have won a few of these things. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an art to it. I mean, yes, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, just being in the right place at the right time, not getting caught up in the big one. Um, but there's still a lot of a lot of skill and art involved into how you position yourself in these plate races and where you got to be at the right moment. You know what I mean? Especially if you want to go out there and collect stage points throughout the race. If you're actually racing throughout the whole race, um, it's definitely a skill. So, yeah, it's not all just luck. Um, it's a lot of luck. Yes. I mean, you literally have to just have everything go right for you, you know? And, and the whole stage points thing to me too, is just like some of these guys, it's like, why are you putting yourself in jeopardy to race for stage points? If you're Joey Logano or Denny Hamlin and your guys that why like, why aren't you just like hanging out and, you know, it, like uh, like a guys like Matt DiBenedetto and Bubba Wallace who are going to be on that playoff bubble. Yeah, they got to get up there and get stage points. But if you're guys who already have wins, what are you racing for stage points for in these races? Because it's a playoff point. Y- yeah, but uh, would you rather get what maybe give yourself a chance to get one playoff point in stage one or be there to get five playoff points at the end of the race and a big trophy and a big check to bring home? Depends on where I'm running. I just like if I'm in the top guys, five all day, then yeah, I'm gonna go for it. You know, maybe maybe I'll get this point. If if I'm a guy that already has a win, and I'm already locked in, or I'm already in a solid points position, I'm playing it safe. You know, Brad Keselowski, uh, when we know how good, we'll talk about Brad in a second, and and him tying Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon. But Brad hung out in the Brad did like wasn't racing in the front all day. Brad what led he hung out in the middle of the pack in the back all day and Brad really just kind of chilled out this race and but Brad wasn't you know? Brad involved in that first wreck with Logano? Well he just spun trying to avoid it. Okay. He wasn't really like part of the wreck. Gotcha. But I just seen uh, it in the video, so I it's hard to say from the video. Yeah, yeah. He he just he had spun out trying to avoid it. Gotcha. But and and then Brad just kind of hung out all day. You Brad wasn't a factor in that race all day. And yeah, I mean, well, you see Denny Hammond when things start to get crazy, he's the guy that can kind of read that and feels that energy. And when things do start get to cr- get crazy, he he jumps out of line and goes to the back. So I said it's kind of this is situational awareness. I mean, like I said if you think they're racing way too hard for, which honestly, if you if I'm watching the video of it, it didn't really look like they were racing too hard for that stage win. It just looked like. Somebody's bumper didn't line up with somebody else's at the time when they were pushing. You know, it was not like they were racing super hard. Yeah, they caused that. I just think it's putting yourself in that position in general. Like, no, I'm with you. I mean, when I'm on iRacing, I know obviously it's simulation, whatever. But I, I like that strategy. Just ride in the back all day and be there 
without a scratch on the thing when it counts. Yeah. I like that strategy. But, yeah, it's just – and like I say, I don't think this race was an example of like a race where guys were getting like too crazy. But I just think in general – I'd I'd more play that like I think Daytona was an example of that where you had the whole field junk themselves on lap ten like that was an example of that. But yeah, I think this package it, and the runs that it creates and all that that it tends to lend itself to those guys that ride around in the back all day just because like I said you know that that wreck's gonna happen. But I feel like there was only like two wrecks and they weren't really that big and didn't take out a lot of cars. There was no real big one I felt like this weekend. At least yeah, not the I cup think race. The Logano flipping was probably the big one. But... Yeah, it was like the big one, but it was only like a couple cars got taken out. So yeah, it was kind oh, of strange in that sense. But I think when, maybe when the driver saw it, they were like, "Oh shit!" Another topic from the race, man. That guy and that uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, I don't think that guy has a job anymore. The <laughs> uh, um, I don't know if you saw what happened there, but that's. That's brutal. What exactly like, happened? Do, do, so they left. You know? They put like a piece of metal in the car during transport to like block the radiator to like keep it uh, cool, like while it's on the road, I guess. And and they just left it in the car at the start of the race and forgot to take it out. So oh, grenading Larson grenaded his shit on lap one. No, yeah, I, like, I knew all that. I just didn't know. Okay, so it was it's like it's like a piece they intentionally put there like for some reason yeah i guess like all the teams put it there during transport to block the radiator to to, like keep it cool during transport and they just neglected to take it out on the five team and larson as i put him on the scanner because i saw him dropping up and he pulled in the pits and his temperatures were at like 360 he said on lap one like they say what they say on the pit crew like oh yeah we left this piece in my my bad (laughs) uh i don't know i don't think they specifically told him that on the radio nobody owned up to it they were yeah they were just talking about temps and then he came back out and And then as soon as he went back out it blew up didn't it yeah he's like i'm done (laughs) yeah uh yeah unfortunate i mean uh melted one old ricky ricky hendrix motors there never never a good thing um that guy's yeah searching for new i i can only imagine whoever did that is searching for new employment yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know that that could very well happen. Um, or, or if it's like a long-time employee, it's just like one of those things that happens, you know. But terrible luck there for them, because Hendrick seemed to have a pretty good car. You had William Byron for finishing second. Yeah, I would have loved to see Kyle Larson up there battling all day. And then was- you had Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott. I guess they got caught up in that second wreck there, coming yeah, with- into stage two, coming Bowman and all it. that. Elliot was in it. Martin Truex was in it. Yeah, Hamlin was in it. Yeah, yeah. And Hamlin, Hamlin had the best car, I think. And then, yeah, when he had that pit penalty, his whole he then he sped when he he came back again and sped again. He sped twice. Yeah, he sped. He sped serving the penalty. So yeah, and, yeah. Hey, I get Jeff Gluck's tweets notification. So during the during the. Outlaws race, I can like, I'm like sitting there looking at the notifications, and I see one is like Denny Hamlin speeding. Says like, I can't stop. Yeah, yeah, he 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 smoked them on in there, but but nah. And then uh, Brad Keselowski, like we already talked about him, like he played his cards perfectly. I feel like he's kind of had shitty luck in these races, 
the last few years and just gotten caught up in wrecks, but he's led a lot of laps. And, and he finally got another one on Sunday and led one lap. And now he ties Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. in career super speedway wins. And you have to imagine, like, uh, I, I, I think he can catch Dale Earnhardt and, and get to 10 at Talladega. I don't know. I said super speedway wins. I just meant Talladega. But I think, okay. he, can get, I think he can catch Dale Earnhardt with those 10 Talladega wins. I don't know what you think, but. Yeah, I thought it was just Talladega wins six apiece for those three drivers. Um, yeah, Brad yeah, only no, has I one think Daytona win. Yeah, I think it's uh, certainly possible to catch Earnhardt. Um, he's got a ton of racing left in his career, and he's damn good at these super speedways. Um, when it comes down, I mean, he was a factor with what a mile to go at Daytona until yep. him and his teammate collided or got locked bumpers or whatever happened there. Um, so yeah, he's always in the picture when it comes down to these things, uh, and obviously he's still fairly young. And I see him racing for a handful more years. I, I certainly can see him possibly getting ten. Yeah, I mean Brad, you can't say enough about his prowess out on super speedway tracks and at Talladega in particular. He's just kind of like that modern day, like that. He's basically an Earnhardt without the Earnhardt last name at Talladega. Oh yeah, just, for sure. And I think that with this new car coming in, that it's going to be probably fairly similar for the first handful of years or so. You know, till they kind of, it's not going to change much. I don't think. I wouldn't think. So I think once he wraps his hands around how this package races at super speedways, you, he's definitely going to be a factor again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, congrats to him and in general Ford, like. Ford continues to just dominate super speedway racing. And, you know, they could like, I, I don't know what it's been. The Fords just, they, they know how to stay together and be up there in the end. You know, I just think, I think once again, the, the Toyota's not having a lot of friends hurt them again. And even though they had an extra car this weekend with Harrison Burton, which is another subject I want to bring up after this, but yeah, I mean the Fords on the super speedways. It's just every time you go here, you know, you got to favor a Ford to win the thing. Yeah, I mean I've picked both Fords. Uh, in fact, I picked Matt, Matty D and our pickums there Sunday, and Ryan Newman. I don't. I guess he finished thirteenth. I see now. Um, but yeah, Fords. Uh, they 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 were the first ones to really do the manufacturer play where. You know, like, let's go out here and no matter what, if it's a Ford, push it. You know what I'm saying? Stay in line and push that Ford. And let's make sure a Ford wins. And, yeah, we kind of saw that Sunday. But, I mean, we kinda, we did with Ford having four of the top five finishers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ford seems to really work well together. And it doesn't really matter who's, who's in what car or whatever. They just were like, okay, it's a Ford. We're pushing the Ford. And one thing I noticed too, kind of the contrary to what we're what we're talking about, for whatever reason it is, Matty D does and the Penske guys just do not seem to play nice together. No, it doesn't. It's almost like Matty D is like on his own island. Yeah, which I mean, I guess kind of he is now. He knows that Cendric, which is pretty much the boss's right hand man's son, is coming to take his job. Yeah. So. And, and Matty D, like, he's he's got to find a way to get that car in victory lane because I just 
I don't know if he's going to have a lot more opportunities out there waiting for him, like right or wrong, but it's going to really look a lot better on him. Because, I mean, you see a driver like Eric Jones that was a two-time cup winner, and he got three years in a good car, and he won a Southern 500, and he won a race at Daytona. That wasn't enough, and now he's driving for Richard Petty Motorsports. So, I mean, if you're Matty D, like right, wrong, or indifferent, he's had a couple years and uh, a good Penske car now, and he just he he has to he has to get a win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I wouldn't say has to because he has finished in every single position, but first, um, and that win is bound to come. Um, it's unfortunate it hasn't come in this 21 car because I thought for sure when he moves over to his 21 that they are going to be lights out and rattle off some wins real quick and in a hurry, and it just hasn't happened. So, yeah, I thought, they, so, I thought so too. They definitely need to get a win, I would say, pretty much. Um, I'm sure he'll still land a ride somewhere because he's a hell of a race car driver, and I think everybody in the garage knows that. So he when will you see get a, a guy like Eric Jones, and the best he can get is is Richard Petty Motorsports. Yeah, I mean, it's all, we'll, we'll see what kind of teams are coming in. I mean, it's it, it'll be interesting. The landscape's definitely changing. So I don't know. Speaking of guys getting rides, the one the one point I did want to bring up is uh, I think after this weekend and seeing the things they put together for him, I think. Harrison Burton has to be a strong favorite to get the second 2311 car. Yeah, you certainly – that's the writing on the wall. Um, I believe he's got the – well, I guess Brandon Jones probably has the most Xfinity experience in in the stable of Joe Gibbs drivers. But um, well, does Brandon Jones have any cup starts? Uh, he does not. I don't does think not. so. I don't think he does either. But maybe he filled in for a race, I feel like. But either uh, way, uh, yeah. If if this is the first driver from that Toyota camp, Joe Gibbs Racing team to uh, make a Cup start, I think that's the one that you said start to see uh, the second team formed around. Yeah, no Cup starts for Brandon Jones. Okay, but you know what I was gonna say is um um I think uh. I don't even remember what I was going to say. Well, it's also, you talk about if, if they're going to be building that team around him. It's also probably a driver that has sponsorship. And obviously, Harrison brought the sponsorship with Dex Imaging to to this ride. So, if Dex Imaging wants to go cup racing next year, then yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I, don't, I feel like uh, Brandon Jones runs a lot of Menards races, right? So, I don't yeah. think Menards wants to foot the bill. For another second car. Well, his dad's like the president or something of Monards. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not realize that. Yeah. Did not realize that at all. But um, yeah, that car probably be number forty-five if I had to guess. But um, it would uh, it'd be pretty cool. And forty-five. Yeah. That's what you think it's gonna be. Yeah, because that was MJ's number when he came out of retirement and his baseball uh, yeah, good number. call good call i was thinking maybe 46 which would be cool which is like 23 times two that would be cool too yeah i feel like it'll probably be the four or five for mj if if he's making that either that or 32 maybe and just flip it like yeah that'd be cool too but whatever it is oh did you see this eric almarola uh throwback 
Win Dixon. No. Oh, nice. No, I'm going to look it up right now. So, say something. It's a Mark Martin, Bush series, Win Dixie throwback. But, but no, I mean, I yeah, I feel like it'll be the, the 45, and I feel like Brandon Jones has to be a strong favorite for that car. I mean, unless Daniel Hamrick or, or uh, um, what do you call him? Um, Brandon Jones goes out here and starts reeling off wins or Ty Dillon or, or any of those guys. But Harrison Burton has to be by far the leader in the clubhouse. And I don't think you can expect Toyota to probably go outside the camp. Or it's very well going to be one of those guys. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be a Toyota driver or that's already in the camp, I believe. Um, so, yeah, that's something to keep eye on is who they tap to go cup race. I do think the 23XI – Moves to two cars next year. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um. Did you uh? Did you look at that throwback? I did. It's great, and yeah, I love that Win Dixie's actually on the car. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I always love that. It's very cool. Um, I might have to get a T-shirt of that one. I think. Yeah, that's a good one. And it what? looks like it's almost the same style in a number too. It's pretty good. Yeah. William Byron Sturback was really good too. That they released yesterday. Did you oh see yeah, that one? I did see that. that the Neil Neil Bonnet uh, Valvoline. Yeah. That looks sick. Shit is yeah. fire. I told you with Kyle Larson too, because Hendrick Cars, it's his sponsorship, so he can really put whatever colored scheme on the on the car he wants to. So I hope they do a cool old school five design with that uh with that five car. Would you want to see? The yellow and red five or the blue and orange five? I was thinking the yellow and white five. Like yellow and uh, No, we've already done that. I don't Did want we? that. Yeah, Casey Kane's run that a few times, I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Well, if not, then maybe like the Terry Labonte, like 90s type deal. That's what I'm saying, the yellow and red? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet. I I, re- I really hope they do the Kellogg's uh, blue and orange sometime. That's that's one I really want. And pretty cool for Kyle Larson. To, uh, he's got his second real sponsor. He got a race with, Fre- with uh, Freightliner. I don't know if they're doing more races. And then he got a race with um, uh, Valvoline now. Three races, I think. Yeah, I believe it's Nashville. Daytona and Bristol, fall Bristol. So three races for Valvoline coming on board. And obviously Valvoline comes on board with William Byron for Darlington. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, yeah, I feel like this has been been a really good year for um, throwback paint schemes. And speaking of, uh, I got a preview, sneak peek preview of the uh, Brandon Brown, Brandon built motorsports throwback. Yeah. And that one, it is that one delivers. It is very that one, good. That one delivers. It does. My drift. It does. Um. um yeah, that's, that was a good one. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I don't know if you, you need to tell your boys that they need some t-shirts of that. Yeah, we got to get some t-shirts of that one for for sure. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty solid package with that one. So, I uh. I definitely think you all will think it it uh delivers. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll um we'll we'll, we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. that. Yeah, I'll just throw these little hints. Yeah, since I don't get to do that about much, so 
Uh, but, yeah, I don't know where where we can take the program from here. I, I, we've been doing this about an hour now, so that's what. Uh, we don't need to do a whole breakdown. It's Kansas. We all know how Kansas is. So I yeah, mean, Kansas races all right. I feel like you know it's kind of. I feel like it could race a lot like Las Vegas. It's a little flatter yeah. than Las Vegas. Kansas so. is a good mile and a half. Yeah, it's not bad. So, I mean, and, and you think about it, it's like we've. It's another catch your breath week. It's like okay, another cookie cutter mile and a half, and then pick right back up to Darlington in two weeks. So it's and it's all, it's the, honestly like enjoy the catch your breath moment if you're a driver in in the industry, you know. It's, we got the out if if you get I don't know if you got the outlaws rundown for this weekend and the preview if you wanna Yes, I do. I got it right here. Uh outlaws actually kick off tomorrow night. It's a three night weekend. Um knock on wood that they start tomorrow. Um but yeah, we go from the big fast half mile of Bristol to the quarter mile of Jacksonville Speedway in Jacksonville, Illinois, tomorrow night. Um, that is, they call it the big shit in a little, in a small bowl is is the name of the uh, race for this weekend. So that's a pretty cool name. I would like to get a t-shirt maybe with that on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really have any previous winners here, I don't think. Oh, yeah, three previous events at Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, Christopher Bell. Aaron Reitzel and Carson Macedo. Um, no, it's Christopher Bell. Uh, Joey Saldana outlasted Aaron Reitzel and then Carson Macedo. Good call. God, yeah, I was just reading the same thing you were. So those are the highlighted drivers. So I was reading it wrong. Yeah. Um. I guess those are the current outlaws drivers. Um. Yeah. So as far as current, I guess it would just be Macedo. Or as winners, yes. Yeah, as winners, yes. I I would say that highlighted there is the uh, I guess current outlaws drivers that have raced there. Hell yeah. And then Saturday or Friday, Friday. Yeah, Friday, sure. Saturday, the Outlaws make their uh, return to I-70 Speedway after 35 years. Um, this track was originally a dirt track, and then they paved it back in like 2008, and then uh, now they're back to dirt, and the Outlaws are going to kick it off. So it's cool. They it seems like they've. They've scheduled a lot of returns to old tracks this year and things. So obviously, they were going to return to the Talladega Short Track, and I'm still mad that never happened. But yeah, but, um, yeah, they've done they've done a good job getting out there and getting to different tracks this year, for sure. And then, like I said, you had Bristol, which was really neat. And by the way, closing a little touch on Bristol is I would love to see a Winter Classic at Bristol with like the Predators uh, and somebody else. I don't know who that, else what the other team would be, but that needs to happen, Bristol. If you're listening, that needs to happen. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. Well, you got me all excited now. It's just like, <laughs> I, I know. I was like, dude, I would go just for the atmosphere, like to say I was at that, you know. It's like a spectacle. They need to play the Iron Bowl at Talladega one year. That's always been one of my big races. That would be cool shit. But, um, yeah. yeah any closing um, remarks? Before we get yeah, into picks, went, yeah, it was it was an awesome weekend. Raised a lot of hell. Um, met some cool people at the short track Friday night and sat with them during the race Sunday. So 
talk to them a lot. That was cool. Um, yeah, no, camped at a campground, family owned, you know, these people, and it's a great place to camp if you ever go see a race at Talladega, M&N Campground. It was sweet. It was cold as shit Saturday night, but um, we got through it, and it was a good weekend. The car was, my car was absolutely mudded out, needed a <laughs> good, solid, clean vacuum, everything on Monday when I got back. <laughs> Yeah, Talladega is always a good time. Sad I missed it this year. It's uh, unfortunate that Bristol Outlaws lined up with the same weekend as it. But I enjoyed myself up there at, at Bristol. Um, hung out with some people from PA Posse that I said I'll probably hang out with again if I go up to Williams Grove in a couple weeks. And, yeah, the only a closing remark I have from the sprint car world is uh, I saw news today where Christopher Bell has shut down his sprint car team. So the 21 of Christopher Bell's car is no longer. Mm. Um, that's all I got. Oh, and NASCAR Man. side that the uh, leaked image of the next gen cars, the Chevy and Ford next gen cars. Oh shit! I didn't even. You didn't see this? No, I haven't been. Bro, on where have you been for the last like twenty nine hours? <laughs> Are you? I don't know. I gotta go. Yeah, dude, now. this shit came out yesterday. Somebody's getting fired over that. NASCAR's probably not too happy. Oh yeah, I see it. Okay. The Ford looks awesome. I mean, the Chevy from the picture, uh, it's kind of hard to see the body lines of it. It kind of almost looks like just a normal what they Gen Six uh, car right now. Um, but if you look at the Ford, man, the the front of that thing is aggressive. It's got some flair to it. And I'm excited to see what the Toyota brings to it. It's a picture of Eeyore holding a phone and it says NASCAR PR team looking at the leaked next gen picks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, it's that's the Ford definitely that front end of the Ford looks badass. I guess let me look at a calendar here. Um uh, actually, yeah, by the time we record next week, they will have been released. So we will talk about the next week. Hell yeah. Or is it the 7th? Well, is it the 5th or the 7th? I think the it's eighth, the 7th. The 8th. Is it the 8th? I think it's the 8th. It's either the 7th or the 8th. So no, it's not the 8th. It. I'm tripping. I think, yeah. I think it's the 7th. I think it is the 7th. So we will not talk about it until a couple weeks from now. So if you if you haven't seen the picture, go check the picture out. It's pretty sweet. They look pretty cool. I'm excited for them. And yeah, that's all I got. We'll make some picks. We got trucks, three outlaw races, cup. Yeah, we'll do uh let's do outlaws first. All right. I'll let outlaws. you kick it off since you got the dub. Outlaws. Friday night. I got Sheldon Hottenshield. All right. I'm gonna take Logan Schuhart. Oh Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday. Yep. So Thursday you're taking Sheldon. Yep. Okay, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow I am gonna take Logan Schuhart. All right. The disappointing Bristol, he bounces back and finds victory lane. Hell yeah. And then we got Saturday or Friday and Saturday. I'm all messed up. Yeah, it's weird. Friday and Saturday. Um, Friday night, I'll take Carson Macedo. Okay. You want to go Saturday? Saturday, I'll take Brad Sweet. 
Okay. I'm going to go Brad Sweet to sweep the weekend again. I like it. I like it. Sweep at least Friday, Saturday. Since I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger on that last weekend, you'll... you'll, I got uh, the balls to do it this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) I will know David Gravel did make a hell of a points dent in uh, Brad Sweet's points over the weekend. uh, Doing that sweep in the weekend, so... Go ahead. What were you gonna uh, say? I was. I, I forgot to add uh, our closing thoughts. Like I, the way home from the race at a uh, Dairy Queen gas station stop in Georgia, I talked to a guy who worked on a uh, NBM Motorsports, and uh, was pretty cool talking to him. And uh, just talked a lot about what it's like working for the small team. And uh, he says NASCAR is. Uh, Dad's definitely tried to screw over Carl Long, and they kind of feel like they're at war with NASCAR a lot of times. And every time they have a good run, he said it's kind of like a big F you to NASCAR for them. Because, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they know that NASCAR has kind of had it out for Carl in the past. So, yeah. But now they work hard on that team, and uh, they were just talking about their whole operation. But, I mean, they he, they said they, they, they have, like, a good amount of chassis and stuff, like – that you know they're not like struggling for cars or anything, and they're running, they're working out of like three different shops right now. Yeah, it's because Timmy Hill doesn't tear stuff up. Yeah, so. yeah. He said he said they got about like thirty something chassis in their shops. Like nice. So yeah, it was cool talking to a guy who worked for a team like that. I know Drew said he wanted to hear about it. So, but yeah, he they were telling the stories about Carl Long and everything, but. Hard working group over there, and it was uh, cool to get a chance to talk to them. Yeah, it's always nice meeting people in the industry. Um, they make this thing go around, you know. It's just the average job to them, but to us, it's they're superheroes, you know. Yeah. Oh, and how about Brett Moffat got fired from Nice for switching to Xfinity points? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, kind of yeah, wild, but it makes sense. It's like, look, if you're not going to run for points in our truck. We'll find somebody that I guess they would camp now, but we'll find somebody Bailey, else. Bailey Curry is driving the truck. Was he? Has he been running trucks all year? No. Okay, I was gonna say so. Maybe he was still eligible for points. So I didn't didn't know about that. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I just thought of that because yeah, Moffat going full time Xfinity, which I guess they were already full time, but now he switched to Xfinity points, which he now he has to restart at zero. Correct. Yeah. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't even know what the point was because I don't think they're going to win a race in that car. I mean, they could. It's a little late to. He should have done that a couple weeks back. Yeah, I mean, they could win a race in that car. I mean, we'll see, but I don't think it's likely. No, I don't either. So that's probably what they're going to have to do. But you've already got two super speedways, which are probably the best opportunities off the track, off the schedule. You know, he's going to be a. He's gonna in that regular season finale. If he if he's not locked in, he's gonna be a sight to see. Oh yeah, at Daytona, because he's gonna feel like he has a lot to prove at that point. Is the cutoff race at Daytona for the trucks? Yep, I confirmed. So. For Xfinity, yeah. Okay, wait. Is it? I don't know. Something we'll have to look into. No, it's Bristol. That's what I thought. That's what it oh was last gosh, year. Oh my gosh, I was way off. There's three races after Daytona that are that are non cutoff races. I was just in cup in cup mode, I guess. Yeah, because it's Daytona, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, and then the playoffs start at Vegas. 
gotcha. Yeah. All it's... right. Well, it's not the cutoff race, but it'll, he'll still be crazy. Point. <laughs> um. All right. Um, we'll get into some picks for. You said it's trucks and it's Xfinity races. Triple header. Yep. Okay. Let's see what the races are. The Wise Power Two Hundred and the Bushy McBush Race Four Hundred. So it's just two. Yep. Okay. I thought yep. I, said, I thought it was triple header. No, so it's only no, trucks in cup. No Xfinity. Next time, next Xfinity race will be Darlington. Yep. All right. Um, for the truck series, which is the Steakhouse Four Hundred Two Hundred. Steakhouse Elite 200, Darlington. Oh, the yeah. Race. Truck, so series, truck, truck Series. Truck Series. I'm going to go with Austin Hill. Austin Hill? Good yeah. pick. Good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. No, oh, okay. Keep it simple. Keep, keep picking the low-hanging fruit. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't overthink things. Kyle Busch is going to win. Okay, well, you want to keep it simple? We'll do that. We'll keep it simple, and Kyle Bush wins on Sunday. Oh, okay. I like it. It's the I Bushy hope. McBush race. He has to win. Yeah. I mean, or just him Kevin or Kurt. Harvick him or Kurt has to win it. Or does Kevin Harvick have to win, though? And nothing. It's not the Hunt Brothers Pizza race. 400. Yeah, but he's probably gonna have the Bush sponsorship. Like, yeah, Bush. but his name isn't Bush. No, that's true. Um, I don't even. Who's the fifty-five? Matt Mills is my pick. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> nope, locked in. Um, if it was race day pickums, you would be locked in. <laughs> um, all right, shit, Sunday. Uh, which I wish it was a Saturday night race. Kansas is usually Saturday night. I was bummed out that that didn't end up being a Saturday night race. I don't know how you felt about that, but yeah, I kind of thought it was going into the week, and then I looked, and it wasn't. I was like, eh, because it, it has been the past couple of years Saturday night race in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I was pretty excited. I was like Saturday night race, and then Sunday to do whatever. But right, kind of recover. Yeah, but. With that being said, Bushy McBush race 400. I am going to. I still haven't decided who I'm going to pick. That's why I'm stalling. But Let's pick Kevin Harvick in the Bush car. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Ryan Blaney. Okay. Ryan Blaney to get pick up his second win of the year. Yep. He's run good here in the past. I'll go with. Uh, uh, I'll go with Ryan Blaney. All right. Well, there you have it. I think that's going to do it for episode 20. Anything you got show. left? It's been a decent show, yeah. Um, Nah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Just need to get through this weekend. It'll be Darlington week. Yeah, it's excited by the time this – I mean, I don't know if you're going to get it out tonight, but we got Outlaws tomorrow. I'm excited about that, and that kicks off the weekend. Hell yeah, man. I'm pretty pumped. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good talking to you and glad you had a fun weekend and glad we were able to get a lot of uh, talk about a lot of action at the track this weekend. Yeah, me too, man. I can't wait till Darlington. Maybe we'll do something special. I said that we talked about maybe doing a drunk podcast or podcast after the race, a live, live hot takes podcast or something like that. Yeah, that would be freaking sweet with Kevin there too. Yeah, we might have to do something like that. 
So, oh, Kyle Grayson going full time cup racing. Another thing, that is that confirmed? I I know you saw you just texted the group that I figured it was yep. confirmed. Twenty twenty two full time cup racing. Which Hell driver yeah. hasn't been announced yet? But you have to imagine it'll be Justin Haley, maybe Jeb Burton. Yeah, I just kind of feel like Justin Haley's their guy. So yeah, he's a former Cup winner. So I think they'll they'll get Justin Haley, and then they'll put uh they'll put um well um who did I say Casgrala who finished oh, yeah, in the full time yeah yeah I think he'll 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 get the eleven car, but I guess we'll find out. Something to watch for. Yep. All right, man. All right. right. I'll catch you uh, later. Be back next week. Yes, sir. See you.